Hi, this is Dr. Steve Vargo, and this is episode one of I Own a Business, a new podcast produced by IDOC to help practice owners grow the practice of their dreams. So I got to thinking, what should we talk about on this first episode? And then I thought, what's something that everyone is interested in, or almost everyone is interested in money? So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about money, but we're going to put a little bit of an interesting twist on it. We're going to talk about the five biggest financial blunders people make with money, in particular, blunders that people make with bookkeeping. So if you want to make sound financial decisions for your practice so you can grow your practice, uh, your numbers have to be accurate and reliable. I have with me here today, Haley Stewart, and Haley is IDOC's financial services manager, and she says that about 80% of clients will have at least one of the following five mistakes or blunders that she's going to describe. So hello, Haley. Hi, thanks for having me. So you provided me a list of these, these five, we'll call them blunders, the five biggest financial blunders as you see them working with clients. So what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, is just go through these one by one, and I'll ask you to expand on each one. Absolutely. So blunder number one, not reconciling the bank and credit card accounts in QuickBooks to what is actually being run through the bank and credit card accounts. Yes. So I see this quite often in QuickBooks. You can connect your bank and credit card accounts to QuickBooks. So everything feeds in for you. Um, so what I see is people just take what's being fed into QuickBooks as what's actually hitting their bank account. So they're going through, they're accepting the transactions and they're calling it good, um, which sometimes that's correct. Other times QuickBooks glitches, just like most softwares do. And so days will get doubled up. Expenses are missing completely. Um, one example I have as far as this goes, and this was with a previous company of mine, um, a week's worth of deposits were actually brought into QuickBooks as expenses. So when all of a sudden you have, I think this was close to $200,000 of deposits hitting as expenses, something is wrong. And the way we caught this was just going through and reconciling. So it's just like um, an old school checkbook where you'd go through, you'd check off what's hitting your bank account to what you put into your checkbook. You're doing the same exact thing within QuickBooks. And this just helps ensure that you're not missing any expenses, doubling up on anything, doubling up income, stuff like that. So that's significant, $200,000. That was a significant one. Um, I've had some more recently, we had about $40,000 of doubled up expenses. Um, we had multiple people in the books. They didn't realize one person was entering it. Someone else went in and entered um, and it didn't get reconciled. So when things don't get reconciled, you just don't know if everything is accurate. So that's probably the number one mistake that I see is just unreconciled books. To that one point, do you find that that's a problem as well as having too many people or not everyone not being on the same page with the with with bookkeeping with reconciling accounts yeah i would definitely say um sometimes there's probably too many hands in the back um just you don't know what everybody's doing and then that's when i also see things um, being done pretty inconsistently so one person handles it one way another person handles it another way and so things are just getting getting entered into the books every which way so um, that's definitely something you want a couple people to know how to do the bookkeeping. So that way, if someone's out of the office, someone can take over and there's no like lapse, but I would say two probably max is what you would need. Okay. Got it. So mistake or blunder number two, entering deposits based on what is showing in your practice management system and not what is actually hitting the bank account. 
Yeah. So this is um, definitely more for those people that are on a cash basis. So that's when um, you recognize income when it hits your account and not when the service is provided. And what I see is there's a lot of times there is a lag between the, um, your practice management software and when it's actually hitting QuickBooks. And sometimes these can go um, month over month. I've seen them actually a couple months difference of when they actually hit QuickBooks and then when they're being recorded. So I always say, if you're on a cash basis, you want to go with what's hitting your bank account because that's the money you received and the money you should be paying taxes on. Um, and there's a lot of times too, where I've seen it where one thing's being recorded in the practice management software and something else hits different in QuickBooks. And so again, this is also where I've seen reconciliation issues is they're entering both what's in QuickBooks and what's in their practice management software. And QuickBooks won't recognize that, hey, part of this deposit was entered already. And so you're starting to get those doubled up deposits again. So um, I would say if you're on a cash basis, you can double check what's run reports, see what's showing in your practice management software. Is it somewhat close to QuickBooks and call that good? Um, but you don't want to be entering directly out of your EHR or your practice management software. That's interesting because you the most offices have those two different systems that they have a practice management system and, and also work off a system like QuickBooks as well. But if those two systems aren't playing nice together, that's going to be a problem. Yes. And typically they don't play nice. Um, I get a lot of questions, a lot of, Hey, can I connect my um, practice management software to QuickBooks? I always say no. Um, that is one integration that if it goes wrong, uh, that could be a giant mess to clean up with everything that's pushing over. So um, I always just say, do a quick double check. I like to run some reports at the end of the month for my clients just to make sure. And nine times out of 10, I can say, hey, it's these three deposits are hitting QuickBooks and they're not in your EA or your practice management software. Um, and that's just a good double check. But yeah, they don't play nice typically. Blunder number three. Entering your credit card transactions via a single transaction instead of entering transactions similar to the bank account. All expenses are being entered in a lump sum transaction when the statement is paid. Yeah, so some people probably won't consider this a mistake. What It just makes things a little bit more difficult to reconcile um, is when you just enter your, when you go to pay your credit card bill and then you enter, say you paid $35,000, instead of doing like a transfer in QuickBooks, you're entering it as one lump check and then you're kind of splitting things out. This works if you are writing one single check every month to pay off the credit card statement. If you are not and you're writing multiple checks or you always have a balance on your credit card, you never really know if you're getting all of the expenses entered. Um, one thing that I will say is you get to expense um, those transactions when they are purchased, not necessarily when the bill is paid. So if you have $50,000 of a liability sitting on your account as of 12-31-2021, but you don't pay that bill until 2022, and if you're entering it as a single transaction, you're missing out on those expenses in 2021 when you could be taking them. Um, the other thing that I see is if you've got a couple of people doing bookkeeping or you're thinking about transferring over, no one really knows what expenses you've kind of recorded in QuickBooks if you're entering it as a single transaction. Um, a lot of times I've seen um, the balances run pretty high. So you all are paying off five, 10, $15,000 a week. So how, are you, how do you know which transactions that $15,000 applies to? So I always say you want to have it entered and reconciled just like you do the bank account. 
Um, also, this is a liability. It should be shown on your financial statements. So when you were to take them to the bank, they can say, hey, or see that you owe $15,000 to a credit card. Um, but if you're not recording it that way, it's just kind of missing. And it's due, you owe it. So it needs to be shown. How big of a mess is this if an office got audited? It can get quite large. Um, I think I just, I have been looking at some of them and they're like, well, I paid this expense and you go and search it or you try to find the vendor. You can't actually find it because it's all showing up under the capital one credit card. So you actually don't have the ability to then run reports and be like, hey, I paid Ifinity $7,000 last year because there's no way to see who you were paying because of how it was being entered. Um, so I would say if there was an audit, it could get quite messy just because it's hard to keep track. Um, typically what I'll see is it'll be five line items and they're gonna lump all of the meals under one. Well, again, just trying to figure out what meals are included in that um, can get a little dicey. So definitely recommend splitting them out, reconciling it just like you do the, a bank account. So blunder number four, not including all of your bank and credit card accounts in QuickBooks. <laughs> yes. I have seen this a lot more um, in the last couple of years when people were starting to get those PPP funding, the EIDL grants, stuff like that, where a lot of times um, at the beginning, we were thinking you had to keep kind of expenses separately so you can make sure you got the forgiveness. Um, so a, another bank account was opened, that money was put in there, and then you all were right, or people were writing checks out of that account. Well, if it's not on the books, you're not then getting the, you, we're not tracking it in any way um, because we don't know that you're writing checks out of it. And so um, you just wanna make sure every single bank account and credit card is on the books. Um, even if it's $25 and you just have something sitting there and it's open because at one point you were gonna do something with it, you still wanna show that just in case you do start operating out of it. Someone is going to ask, hey, do you have expenses out of this account or is income going into it? So it's just a good way for, um, practice. You just want to get everything on there. Um, as far as credit cards go, you only want to put the business ones on there, just the same as you only want to put the business checking and savings accounts on there. You don't need to put any personal accounts. Um, you want to make sure you're keeping everything separate as much as possible. So if you do have per or business expenses paid on a personal credit card, you just do an, a different entry um, to get those on there. So Haley, is, is much of this just, I, I have to assume in most cases, that these things aren't done intentionally. There's no intent to defraud or be misleading. Is Do you find it's just a lack of knowledge on, on how to accurately handle things like bookkeeping? Yes, it's just, I think um, QuickBooks makes things pretty easy and people are just like, oh, it's super simple. And it, it is to an extent. And then as soon as um, something gets missed or, or not reconciled, it can be quite the project to clean up. Um, and so I've seen it where, I've gone back, probably spent 20 or 30 hours on clients just trying to clean them up and get them squared away. So that way we have proper financials going forward. And that's just due to lack of knowledge. Um, it's interesting, even the things that you're talking about, like with QuickBooks, looking at practice management systems, especially with some of the software that tracks metrics in the office, how often those can be skewed by having different um, people entering things differently. In particular, yeah. some of the software that tracks metrics that go on in the optical, well, you've got three different opticians entering the information differently, which really reduces the reliability of, of the data that comes in. 
Yeah, and we, I mean, truly it is garbage in, garbage out. Garbage so however that's exactly what in, I, yeah. I mean, you're, you're not gonna get great data to be able to use and kind of analyze your business, see how it's going, so. Yeah, uh, so the last one, blunder number five, entering loan payments onto the balance sheet, but not entering the, the original note payable. Yeah, so I've seen this one quite frequently, or I've seen it done a couple of different ways, but you, um, something is financed, you all of a sudden have the loan payment, um, it doesn't get entered on the, you don't get to take the principal portion of that payment on as an expense on the profit and loss. It does have to go to the balance sheet. Um, but what I see a lot of times is we're throwing the entire portion to um, the liability account, but not ever entering the original liability on the books. So it's all of a sudden showing as like you've overpaid on this liability. Um, and so what you would want to do is if you take out a loan, you do an adjustment to get the loan balance on the books. And then every month when you're paying that, it'll decrease the liability till it's finally zero. Um, the other thing that you don't want to do is if you uh, finance a piece of equipment, you don't want to just hit those monthly payments to the asset account either, because um, you want when you do the note payable, it's going to increase your asset account. So that's where that's all happening. But if you have a five-year loan and you're putting $500 a month to the asset account, it's never going to be put on the depreciation schedule accurately to then be depreciated over a given number of years. So um, that's another thing that I've been seeing quite frequently. Um, also with leases, if, that you, if there's a five-year lease and you have a $1 buyout at the end of it, that needs to be put on as a loan on the books as well. Um, and then the interest is deductible. Um, the insurance surcharge that I see on a lot of those are deductible, but that principal part is not. So, um, but yeah, that's that's another one I've seen quite frequently. Or just throwing payments to a whole different loan account. So you do want to have each loan separate so you can easily tie it out on a monthly or annual basis to make sure like, hey, this is actually what's owed and this is what's left. Well, thank you. I, I have to think that there's going to be people listening to this. There, there's going to be a... a a strong percentage of them that are going to realize listening to this, that I'm doing things wrong, but there's also going to be a lot of people listening to this thinking, I have no idea what she's even talking about that, which tells me you really need help. It's going to feel like one of those conversations with your CPA where they're talking like a different language and you realize, well, that's what I have you for. I don't do my taxes myself. Bookkeeping is important. So, I mean, if, if you're listening to some of these things and you're not even sure what, what some of these things mean, it's, it's probably, important to to get help with that so thank you and and if you don't mind quickly describe I, we can help you with that actually um uh, if you don't mind quickly describing idoc uh books and benchmark services yeah absolutely so uh what that is is we are a team that will go into your quickbooks file on a monthly basis we do require QuickBooks online. That way we're not transferring files back and forth. Um, if you have the desktop subscription, I will help you get everything transferred over. Um, I will be the one if there's any issues. I will be contacting QuickBooks support. I know that's always a big one of, I don't wanna have to sit online and talk to somebody. Um, you won't have to, I will handle that all for you. Once we get everything moved over, you all will connect your um, bank and credit card accounts. We will go through on a monthly uh, basis. We will enter all of the transactions. We will reconcile all of your accounts um, double check loan balances are tying, make sure payroll liabilities are correct. Um, we will tie or tie out or gross up payroll. So again, this is just one thing that I see. Um, payroll typically is entered at net. Um, you want to go in and gross it up to make sure that you're showing true numbers. Everything is matching to a W3. Um, we will reconcile. And then typically once a month, we like to say it'll take you between 10 and 15 
minutes a month to do your bookkeeping. Um, we will ask questions on how to categorize a vendor, um, categorize the payments, stuff like that. Other than that, you all don't really have to be in your QuickBooks file at all. We will, we will handle it from start to finish. Um, we will also then provide reports to you on a monthly basis, um, both um, your profit and loss balance sheet, statement of cash flows, and then benchmarking reports, which could be anything and everything that Nathan Hayes finds will be useful. Um, so marketing, occupancy, um, a big one is going to be wages, kind of comparing that um, and whatever else we find in the course of us doing the monthly bookkeeping. Perfect. So, yeah, and I know you've been busy since we've launched, launched the uh launch the service, you've been very busy fixing a lot of these same blunders that you're talking about. That's your role, right? But we we yep. want members, we want ODs, practice owners to make fewer of these blunders or maybe not make them at all to begin with. So um, thank you. Thanks, Haley. And if, uh, if anyone wants more information, feel free to reach out to me or you can uh, find out more at idoc.net. So thanks, Haley. And this has been Dr. Steve Vargo and Haley Stewart's and thank you for listening. Thank you.